This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hello, my beautiful people. It's your favorite podcaster, Romina. Yes, I'm back. I know we changed the strategy a tiny bit since we have a major pandemic going on, but... We did do a lot of live shows, so we are still doing live shows, so make sure you follow us on Facebook and stay up to date on our website, uh, which is rmpodcastfl.com, to make sure you do not miss out on those live shows. But it's okay, because all of them are also converted to podcast episodes. So wherever you get your podcast juice from, you can listen to them. But um, talking about the podcast and talking about the website, I actually have a little announcement for you guys. So we are changing the name of the show very soon. So just be prepared. A name change is coming. And here's where you guys can actually give us ideas too. We have a couple of ideas. But if you guys have any suggestions or if you have a brilliant name that think would fit to the show, go ahead and email me or message me wherever uh, you're connected with me at. Or you can also go rmpodcastfl at gmail.com. Email me. We'll take that for consideration. And here's the cool part. If your name gets chosen, you get a gift card. Yes, I said it. You'll get a gift card. So go for it. Email me a cool name and then we'll take it from there. <laughs> but to make sure you do not miss out on future episodes because you were just very, very busy for some reason and didn't listen to this episode or other ones, you should just go ahead and subscribe to our channel right now, wherever you get your podcast juice from. Subscribe to make sure that you're always up to date with whatever it's going on on RM Podcast, FL World, or So 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 Podcast World. We'll find out. Well, today's episode, I think it just fits perfect with what's going on in today's Mother Nature world because Matt Aponte, he is a master certified consultant and we're actually going to talk about reprogramming limited beliefs. We all have limited beliefs. We all know about the mindset of not yet, but today's episode is going to be very, very special because... Matt actually gets me to talk about my limited beliefs, even though some of our limited beliefs come from when we're growing up, but we can always, even when we, not as children, but even when we grow up, we sometimes tend to forget what our really rude beliefs are and we put a block to that. So how can we unblock our beliefs, which is very important. So make sure to listen to today's episode, like Matt said himself. We affect the reality we live in, and we can change our reality by changing our belief system. So listen to the full episode. If I was you, honestly, I'd probably listen to it twice. I've listened to it multiple times myself, as it's a really, really great episode, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and investing your time to RM Podcast FL. Today's guest speaker, just like I mentioned on the bio, it's Matt Aponte. Well, Matt, welcome to the show. Welcome to RM Podcast FL. And I want to pass on the mic to you and just introduce yourself. Tell us a bit young you to today. So, yeah, so young me till today. Um, Boy, how much time do you got? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, so... Uh, I was born and raised in Florida, come from a normal household, 
um, and uh, youngest of four boys. And I guess I would start my young me story uh, whenever I was, uh, I think, uh, in second grade. Um, whenever I realized that I had the entrepreneurial spirit, I was I was stealing pens from my dad's office and taking them to school and selling them for fifty cents a pop. Um, and uh, you know, until I oh got my goodness, <laughs> yeah, I got I got caught out by the school patrol though. So she she um, told on me, and then the teacher made me give all the money back. But uh, I think that <laughs> that's back whenever I realized that you know I liked to see opportunities and, and capitalize on them. But um, my first uh, real uh, legitimate um, registered business that I did, I was 16 years old. I started a window cleaning uh, business in uh, Chiefland, Florida. And um, that actually went really well. I did that till I was 20. And then I sold that. And then life goes on. You know, I wanted to try different things, photography, video production, so on and so forth. Um, and then kind of fast forward, there were a lot of different things in my life that happened at that point. And I'm not going to go into it now because it is quite extensive, but I do write about it on my, on my website. Um, but I, I essentially got back out into the corporate America. Um, and then on the side, I was doing fashion photography, wedding photography, and video production. And you know, went through a lot of different changes in my life. I was married and then I went through a divorce and kind of found myself, um, like many people did at the crash of 2008, um, in a pretty, you know, bad situation. I'd lost my house, lost my car, lost my wife. Um, and it would have been a country music song if I would have lost my dog too, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really had this, like, this period, you know, I guess if, if you read Story Brand or some of these other, you know, kind of developing your story, this would be what I would call my pit um, of my story. And I had just recently injured my back. Um, I was, I was uh, faced with an eviction and, you know, pretty much just as bad as it could get. And I, I just realized that, you know, what am I doing with my life? Um, and, and I didn't like what I was doing. I was working at a commission job just to barely make, you know, enough money. It wasn't even enough money really, but I was working 60, 70 hours a week. And, and I remember just sitting there on the edge of my bed thinking, I don't like what I'm doing. And I'm at such a point in my life that I should at least be doing what I'm doing because I bet, or doing what I love doing, because I bet you I could make more money doing what I'm passionate about rather than busting my ass doing something that I hate, not making enough money. And so that's when I decided to, uh, to go into starting my own business as a photographer full time. Um, and I, I didn't have the money to get, you know, anything. So I did end up having, I, I've been holding on to this nice watch that I had that I loved so much. Um, so I essentially pawned that and got the camera that I needed to start doing family portraits and whatnot. And that's how I got started. And I was able to get up enough money uh, to get my watch back, which I was pretty excited about. Um, and that really just kind of started my real entrepreneurial journey. And, and I say my real entrepreneurial journey because whenever I made that decision to start my photography business, I, I was going to either be successful doing it or just live under a bridge in a box. And, and that's literally what I, I told my friends. I was I'm either going to make this happen or I'm going to be living under the bridge in a cardboard box because I'm not doing anything else. And, um, and so, you know, I went through this whole process of, you know, trying to build my business, leverage my business. And there were ups and there were downs, just like in any entrepreneurial journey. 
Um, however, after nine years, I wasn't really seeing any, any real substantial success. Um, and, uh, I, I, I hit a brick wall emotionally, mentally, a, a total and complete burnout. Um, I, I didn't like doing at that time I was doing commercial video production and advertising for businesses is what the business had, um, turned into. And, um, and, and I was just kind of like, where am I? You know what? Again, I was just like nine years. I should, I should have been so much more successful than I am now whenever I started nine years ago. So there was a bit of depression that I was battling. I was in a new marriage my current marriage at this point. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I wasn't being able to make ends meet. I wasn't being able to provide as the man of the house, like I was supposed to. So there were a ton of stresses and, um, and so I, I reached this other, if you might call it, pit in my life, and I and I decided to make a decision. But at this point, I made a decision to start looking inside for what was holding me back rather than what was outside externally. And that was actually almost three years ago. And once I started to do that, I really... I had always been interested in personal development and self-development um, and mindset development. Um, but that's whenever I really started to take a deep dive into those aspects and really find out what was it inside of me or what happened in my past that was literally causing me to self-sabotage. Uh, so that way I was not achieving the excess that I, or the success rather that I was so desperately fighting after. Um, and once I, once I did that, then my whole mind shift, everything started changing. I started being able to identify those limiting beliefs, uh, those things that were holding me back. Uh, after a lot of research and help, I was able to replace them, remove them, come to terms with them, overwrite them, move forward. And, um, and since then to the me today, I'm going on 41 years old. And now I have a very successful digital marketing business that I for most part, just manage. I only work two days a week um, on it. And, um, and so now uh, the me today is the me that's extremely passionate about helping entrepreneurs out there that have a similar story, um, that really see themselves as being quality people. Why can't I be successful? I'm smart. I have the skills. I know what I'm doing is valuable. Um, however, things just aren't coming together. And so that's, uh, that's really what 2020 is all about for me is bringing my, uh, 10 to 12 years of experience of that I have, um, and, and helping entrepreneurs out there with limiting beliefs, with, uh, with achieving that level of success and balance in life. That's so important that we all strive, uh, to, uh, to attain. I mean, honestly, Matt, I would say number one, thank you for sharing that because I feel like it's very important whenever you show where you're at right now because of what happened in the past, because there's a lot of life, life coaches out there and everything like do this and this and that. But sometimes you're like, okay, but how did you come to this? Why do you think this method would work? And just your life story alone and how you just self-developed and you just reached a whole different, like you're watching life with a whole different lens because of uh, getting rid of those limited beliefs, which we're going to talk about it as well. Um, I think it's very important and thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure a lot of people would relate to that because at one point or another, we all have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Very common. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you are, uh, you are the CEO and master certified real leadership coach. 
Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit. What does that exactly mean? Like, what do you what do you do? So, um, so yeah, so I'm the CEO of 212 Creative Media, the business that I referenced earlier. Um, in late 2018, um, I had been, I started a kind of mentoring brand called the Maniac Mentor in 2015, because uh, I realized, you know, that there was this gap uh, or lack of real knowledge for, or motivation or quality stuff for entrepreneurs. I started that then. However, as I went on, I, I, I realized that there were still things inside of me that I wasn't applying in my own life. And, and I just kind of felt like a hypocrite because there were things that I was taking and I was learning and I was putting out on the podcast that I had then, or I was, you know, sharing with younger entrepreneurs and startups as well, but I wasn't really applying them in my own life. And I said, you know what? At the end of 2018, I just stopped everything. I said, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Um, I don't want to be like a lot of other people out there that are just essentially regurgitating information. And so I decided to really take my personal development and my passion as a coach seriously. And so I started researching coaching programs out there. Um, and there were a lot of them that I did not uh, align with. And until at a, a convention that I attended, I came across the founder of RLC Global, and his name's Dave Evans. And we, you know, I, I overcame a, 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 something, a limiting belief or a fear of rejection that I had at that point. And I said, okay, this is the man. I want to be where he's at because he gave a keynote speech there. And I said, I'm going to have to overcome myself in order to go and talk to him. And I did that. And I'm naturally an introvert. So that was a really tough thing for me to do. But when I did and I talked with him and I was sharing my story with him and what I really want to do, it resonated with him. And so we, we set up a meeting, um, a Zoom meeting a week later, because he's originally from the UK. And we, he started telling me about their program, their coaching program and everything. And, um, and so that it really resonated with me, their mission of the company, the way that they coach, the tools and the foundations that they have. And so at that point, I committed to a, a full year of intensive training um, uh, and, and leadership coaching so this way I could have not only my own experience to draw from to help entrepreneurs, but to also have a, a proven, uh, a very uh, effective framework for business owners, executives, entrepreneurs that I could then also stand on as well to bring more, uh, to bring more, let's say, value, right, to people who would be looking for a coach um, that has my experience, but also has the backing of a global network and a, um, a framework that is used globally as well. So after the 52 weeks or the whole year of training, I did a little bit more, and then I, I, that I uh, achieved my certification um, of a master coach, which basically means that not only uh, can I teach all of the tools uh, or I'm certified to teach all of the tools that they have in their um, organization available, but I can also develop coaches as well, which is something that, that I'm interested in or, or passionate about as well. So that's me in a nutshell. Now that's me as a master certified um, real leadership coach. And I'm also currently going through um, neuro-linguistic programming uh, practitioner course as well uh, to become uh, more certified in that area. And we'll touch on that a little bit more about limiting beliefs and why that's so important and how that plays a role in that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to just go back a little bit to 
you just mentioning how you came at the whole coaching um, session, the one year program that you entered. You mentioned that you were introverted, but you still found courage to go out there, uh, go up there and talk to him, uh, to Evans. And for, I mean, I think that's sometimes those mini split seconds that you have to make decisions, they're so important. So as yeah. an introvert, where did you think you found the courage or like where, what did you recommend people to find that courage for that mini second decision that can change their life? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Um, I remember, so what happened was, is that the, uh, the, the host of the event I was kind of waiting in line to speak to her. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to talk to her and then I'm going to go talk to him. And so after talking with her to, to make that decision, I literally forced myself to stand in line. I said, I, I didn't think about it. I said, I'm not going to think about this. I'm just going to stand in line. And I was, I ended up being, instead of the line moving to her, she was kind of moving down the line, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I, end, I ended up, this person in front of me walked away and then all of a sudden she was there and she put her hand out and I was just kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> I was just really nervous. And she's like, so what do you do? And I was like, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I really love this event. It was an amazing event. And I, you know, I, I wanted to share my passion with you because it aligned with the event that I was in. And so, you know, I, I, it was maybe two minutes. I talked with her and she said, she's like, you know, I'm really glad that you shared that with me because you need to speak to Dave Evans. And so I was like, oh my God, I, I wanted to speak with him. And so she's like, yeah, come with me. I'll introduce you to him. So my plan was to, to kind of use her as a stepping stone, as a confidence builder, and then get to him. But what happened is by making that small choice and really just forcing myself physically and mentally to just stand there and do it, well, then that opportunity opened up for me and I didn't have to force myself to do the next thing because she literally just introduced me to him. So my, my, my uh, what do you call it, suggestion or, or um, advice is, is that you always just have to take that first step. And what I have found ever since I've been taking these steps, right, is that when you take that first step, it's going to be the most uncomfortable one. It's going to be the one that's going to stretch you the most as a person, right? And this could be anything. Um, for me, it was putting myself out there to talk to somebody else that is in a much more authoritative space than I am. What always happens, which is really funny, it's how the universe kind of, I guess, you know, takes care of us or look out for us, is that once we take that first step, then everything else seems to open up for us. And so, that's my advice is just, you know, force yourself to take that first step and don't think about it. If you, if you sit there and think about it too much, you will talk yourself out of it because that's what I did probably a hundred times before that moment there. So I don't know if that helps or not, but. I mean, it kind of goes back to having your limited beliefs or just having your, um, and I want you to explain limited beliefs in the best way that you can. But to my understanding, it's things and thoughts that we have to our brain. They're like, oh, we cannot do this. No matter how much we force mm -hmm. ourselves, we're just going to go to the zone and we feel like we're in volcano because we're like freaking out. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's what you did. You say you forced your brain to pretty much stand stay in the line. But let's go back to a little bit. Um, we Since last time, actually, that we, we talked on the phone because – 
um, I say this with my audience multiple times too, before I actually bring speakers on the phone, I definitely want to have a conversation, make sure, you know, there'll be great information for the audience and you're absolutely great information. That's why I decided to, you know, absolutely welcome an invitation. But you mentioned something about limited beliefs and we talked about it. And I just kind of been thinking like when I make decisions now, I'm like, is this a limited belief or is it just, you know, like what is like, I, I feel like I'm analyzing myself and it's not over analyzing it, but it's just looking from a different lens. So I want to mm -hmm. pass on the mic to you a little bit. Tell us the, the definition, I would say, or just describe us what it is and why do we have them? Like, how can we, like, why do we have them, period? Uh, that's a wonderful question and one that I spent uh, over a year really researching and looking into uh, because my situation, you know, I'm not unique, but it, it turned out that I had so many of them. So essentially a limiting belief is, it's a pretty simple explanation, and, and this isn't the definition from the dictionary, but it is a belief that you hold, whether it's true or not, that limits you from taking action, okay? So for instance, a, uh, a common one would be, you know, I'm not good enough, right? So a limiting belief would be like, well, I'm not good enough. Or, hey, you know, let's say That's it's a karaoke. very common one, unfortunately, it, yeah. It, it is, you know, so let's say, um, again, I'll just speak from, uh, from experience. Let's say that um, you love to sing and you were out with all your friends at karaoke night and people have heard you sing before and they're like, Matt, go up there and sing. You should do the next song. And I wouldn't because I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough. People aren't going to like the way I hear or I sound. And so that is an example of a limiting belief, um, feeling like you're not good enough to stand up for yourself. Uh, you're not good enough to speak your truth. You're not good enough to get that promotion or get that job or get that girl or guy or what have you. And so that is, I'm just going to break this down. You had a couple questions there, but that's essentially what a limiting belief is. Um, a lot, some people have limiting beliefs in relation to money, right? Like I'll never be able to make a hundred thousand a year or a million dollars or what have you. And so, uh, again, just to kind of reiterate, it is a belief that you hold, whether it is true or not, because they don't always have to be based on fact. And that belief uh, keeps you from doing something. It limits you. So how do we get them? So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very simple, but it's also a complicated process. And the reason why I say that is because it's very simple because of the way that the mind works. So from the age of, of zero to eight, when we're born, um, and I'm, this is the way I like to explain it because it's really easy to get is that our brains are essentially kind of like blank hard drives in a computer okay so when when we are born we have to learn things we have to learn how to tie our shoes we have to learn how to walk we have to learn how to talk and all of these things uh, and we have to learn cognitive behavior and reflexes and, and all of this stuff our unconscious and subconscious minds have to learn how to do these things so that way we can live so we're pretty much a blank slate. 
as we go through life, our brains are super learning machines, right? Like this is why, like you see, you know, like, so we're, we're having a lot of uh, time uh, be, being involved with our niece and she's, you know, from the time she was born to now she's about uh, 18 months and you can see that she picks up things around, right? So like mm-hmm. if, you know, you do different movements. Her, her a lot. brain is like a sponge. Yeah, exactly. And now she's picking that up. So the, the unconscious or the subconscious mind does not have or the ability to say, I'm not going to learn that, but I am going to learn this. It learns everything. And so the way that limiting beliefs are developed, and I'll just give you an example. So let's say you were a kid and you were you know, old enough to start communicating with your mom or your dad or, or what have you, and you want a toy, you know, like, I want that toy. Mm-hmm. And let's say your mom says, no, we can't get that. We can't afford that. Or we don't have enough money. And so, oh, okay, whatever. But you, you constantly, as you grow up as a kid, well, I want that. I want that candy. Or can I have pizza or whatever? If your mom always says, no, we can't afford that, whether she's nice in saying it or mean in saying it or whatever the situation may, de- may be, after a while, your subconscious, that is programmed into you oh, okay, well, we just don't have enough money. I can't have this because we don't have enough money. Why do you believe that? Because it's been programmed into you by your mom or your dad, or in many cases, it could be your older siblings or people that you spend a lot of time with as a young child. So from the ages of zero to eight, we are a sponge because our brain has to develop this baseline operating system. And this baseline operating system not only controls our breath, our, you know, the way our heart pumps and all of the things that take place without us thinking, but it also controls our emotions, our cognitive behavior, uh, you know, our reaction to love and affection or touch um, or all of these things. And so our environment as a child shapes our operating system, for lack of a better word. And whatever has been constant in that environment, so if you know your older brother always tells you, you're not good enough, you can't play with us because you're not good enough, well, you're just going to start believing. Your subconscious is like, well, I guess we're just not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Because your, your subconscious doesn't have that filter. It doesn't have that conscious ability to say, well, I am good enough, right? So that's where limiting beliefs come from. And what's so tricky about them is that as we're older and we're adults, we're so conscious about wanting to be successful or wanting to do these things. But what we don't understand is that those are our conscious thoughts when we're awake and we're like, I'm going to, I'm going to build a million dollar business or I'm going to get that promotion and all this other stuff. But if your baseline operating system operates on the premise or the programming that I'm not good enough or I shouldn't have money. um, And in my case, it was money is the root of all evil. Uh, uh, People who are rich have been striving after wealth and that's not good. So essentially the, you know, what two plus two equals four. So my brain was programmed to understand that, well, wealthy people equals bad, right? So when you have these baseline operating systems in place, subconsciously you self-sabotage. And so in my, in my particular situation, 
I understood and I was conscious enough to realize that wealth doesn't make you bad. Money doesn't make you bad. You can do a lot of good with money. Mm -hmm. It's just, if you're a bad person and you have a lot of money, then you're going to do bad things. But if you're a good person and you have a lot of money, you're going to do good things. Consciously, I was able to put that together. And that's why I wanted to make a lot of money because I wanted to help my family. I wanted to pay off all my parents' debts and all this other stuff. But subconsciously, I was still operating on this baseline uh, operating system that said, well, money is evil. Money is bad. You can't have that. And so what happens is you essentially have this, this, uh, this conflict of your conscious and your subconscious. The reason why that is so important or so detrimental in the situation is, is that our subconscious uh, is what allows or disallows us to see opportunities. So when you go through the process of identifying your limiting beliefs, because you know what they are, and then you, you say, oh my gosh, well, I didn't even realize I had this. You go through the process of overworking them, and that's where positive affirmations come in, and, and if they're done in a certain way, you can communicate with your subconscious mind and completely rewrite your operating system you'll start to see more opportunities, right? And this could be anything. I'm just talking about, you know, wealth and success because that was personal to me. But mm -hmm. this could be anything about, you know, quitting smoking or quitting drinking or, you know, uh, uh, getting the perfect mate for you or what have you, right? And so your subconscious allows you, now that your subconscious has been programmed as like, oh, well, you know what? We can be successful. We are good enough. I am capable of you know, making a million dollars because I'm a good person and I am worthy. When your subconscious starts to believe that as well, well then now you actually begin to see opportunities that can help you get to the goals that you have set in your life. Whereas before, your subconscious will literally blind you to these opportunities. Uh, and, th and that's why many people listening today, you might know of someone that you could be like, man, this person has had so many amazing opportunities in front of them and they just don't take them. I don't yep. get it. I know right? people are too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I did too. I had a very, very dear friend of mine uh, for you know, a long time. We're still very good friends. Uh, and the same thing would happen. And, and that's what happens is your subconscious mind literally does not allow you to see it as an opportunity because it is operating still on that limited baseline operating system. So I know that was a long explanation, but I hope that that gave some pretty simple uh, understanding to you in the audience. No, I actually love that explanation because you touched a lot of topics that we definitely, you know, that I was planning on touching anyways. But I kind of want to go back to... You said when your parents or a family member or somebody says, no, we can't do that or no, we cannot have it. Like even parents sometimes might unconsciously be, doing, like, be putting those beliefs in our heads or be putting our th those thoughts in our heads. So we grow up like that. So when we are out there in the whole world, we're used to, we, can, we have to live paycheck to paycheck or we cannot do this because mm -hmm. we don't have the money. Like towards my parents, my parents' audience out there, what advice would you give them so they might change their habits whenever it comes to communicating with the children because it's absolutely very important, but they don't realize it, that it can go as much as, you know, blocking those thoughts or blocking that part of their, their mindset at such a young age? So that's a great question. Um, and 
and I'm actually, I don't have any children of my own, but I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about this because I do have nieces and, and nephews and whatnot. So the advice that I would give parents is the same advice that I would give myself now that I know these things. Number one, you have to think about everything that you tell your child. Your child does not have a filter. Your child does not have the ability to say, do I need this information or do I not, right? So this really does raise your responsibility level, okay, as a parent. Like, wow, okay, now that I know this, I really need to be careful of what it is that I'm telling my child. So the great thing about being a parent as well is, is that you're an authority figure to your child. So your child looks up to you. Your child believes everything that you say. So the reason why that's important is because let's say, let's just say there's somebody out there that has listened to this podcast and you're a parent and you have a three or four year old and you just got a light bulb and then you're just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I've been telling them this and this is going to, you know, mess up my child for years. Well, yeah. that's, o- that's okay. Cause you're still the authority figure. You are still in some instances or, or facets in command of what your child's operating system absorbs. So you can go back and you can start reprogramming those things and mm. you can say, Hey, you know what, Janie, I know I told you, and I've been telling you that we just don't have the money to do anything. And I was wrong. I shouldn't have told you that because we just can't do it right now, but that doesn't mean that we're not gonna be able to do it down the road. And, and you can literally rewrite the things in your child's subconscious or your brain. And then also, it's also about being aware, and this is for parents, and this is also for anybody out there that wants to, to begin to overcome your limiting beliefs. The very first step is being aware aware of the self-speech, right? Because what I, I call it is uh, you, you play goalie with your mind. So if, you know, let's say you're 15 and somebody's like, hey, you're not good enough to play on our, our team, as an example. Well, you can literally play goalie and catch that and say, whoa, you know what? I may not be pl- good enough to play on your team, but I am good enough. Yeah, And so you rewrite that. And when you do that, your subconscious mind takes note of that because our conscious minds are, does have the ability uh, to control our subconscious. You just have to know how to do it. And so as a parent and as a person, you just have to become aware of the things that you're saying, right? So let's say here's, here, I'll give you another perfect example. Last um, August, my wife and I were looking, we had a great 2019 and we were, we were looking at some, you know, beautiful uh, beachside island resorts of where we wanted to go. And I was, we were scrolling through some stuff and there was this place in Jamaica and I saw it and I was just like, oh my gosh, I bet you that's really expensive. And I was, and immediately I caught that, right? Because that Mm. was my limiting belief association with money. And I flipped it. I said, no, that is not too expensive. As a matter of fact, I'm going to book the most expensive room in their resort. And I went (laughs) and I booked the penthouse luxury suite in that resort and I reserved it. Well, I just ended up being able to pay it. And I will tell you, 
that the amount that that cost was not as much as I was making at the time, but I had faith. I says, no, I'm going to conquer this and I'm going to take charge and I'm going to enact. And when you enact and when you, so for instance, if you say, no, I can't do that, but then you're like, no, I can. And then you go and do it. Well, that is the quickest way to rewrite your, your subconscious mind because then you're reaffirming it with a belief. You're, you're like, oh, wait, I did do it. And, and I paid off the trip. The trip's you just paid proved off. proved yourself wrong. Exactly. You proved yourself wrong. And that is so important, proving yourself wrong, because you're literally overriding old beliefs with new beliefs. So I hope that kind of uh, ex explained that there a little bit. No, that does explain it a lot. And I kind of want to go back. Um, so we, we talked about um, being children's and having the parents influence a lot. And we talked about parents, how they can reprogram children's brains or children's beliefs and to change their attitude whenever they talk to kids. So they don't say, no, it's not possible. Know this, know that when it can be, let's come back to it in the future or it's possible, but not right now because those are not a hard nose to hurt feelings or, you know, mm -hmm. stem things on their brains. But um, I want to bring a personal example, and I kind of want your, um, your input in this one, actually. So I grew up with my parents that always told me I can do whatever I want, again, on the limits, not going crazy here, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. but had full, full belief in me, uh, had, I would say, checkups to make sure everything was in the line to the point that they believed me I can move to America at 17 by myself which I think it's a huge step looking back at it now. If I have a kid at 17, I'm never letting him move over, <laughs> over the ocean. <laughs> that's bananas, but that's a different topic. What I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to say is that after years of being here and having those I can do it attitude and having those I'm a special edition attitude, the last months, and I don't know if I shared this with you before, but um, I would say last year for not saying 90% of the last year, I was in such a limited uh, mindset that it was giving me high anxiety and I was actually on anxiety medication. And it came because of what work told me I deserve and I don't deserve. So I want your input when it comes to the outside sources. How can we stop that from becoming, you know, from influencing us that much to stress us out to the point of, you know, having anxiety issues like I had? whenever you know and you have the strong beliefs, but sometimes these outside sources just smack you and just, you know, just take your power away without you realizing it. How can we stop that from happening? Um, so again, a great question. And the reason why that is happening again, whenever I, I made mention about the, the parent child thing is, is because your boss or your job is in a position of authority over you. Correct. So what happens is, is whenever, and this is the interesting thing, and I'm diving more into this. In my instance, I was having my programming, my, my baseline operating system that was in place from zero to eight, but then it was continually re reinforced until I was age 28. And so what I have discovered and found out is that it's not only when you're a child that you can develop limiting beliefs. What can develop a limiting belief are a few things. So number one, if something happens and you're told, so like in your instance, 
and situation, your job says, oh, you can't do that or you can't have that. I'm not 100% sure what the verbiage was, but they tell you that you can't do this. Well, if, if they didn't mean anything to you, right? Like if it was a guy passing you on the street that said the same thing to you, oh, you can't have that promotion. You'd be like, well, who the heck are you? Like, right, mm-hmm. right. You would just not even. And it was about, about it. a promotion to get on the, like, exactly matters. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, you know, then you'd be like, well, who the heck are you? You're probably living under a bridge and you'd go on your <laughs> own way and you'd never think about it again. Right. It wouldn't I'd probably have be like, you're walking, I'm driving. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, the reason that makes it different with your job is because there's a few things in play. Number one, you see them as a position of authority. Number two, they have the ability to make what you want happen, right? That's your mm. belief structure. And then there's emotion tied to that. So whether you- That's so authority and power. It's authority, it's power. And then the number one thing is that emotion. So what happened whenever they said no, you experienced a lot of emotion, probably uh, frustration, maybe even anger. Um, it, it could have even been fear because maybe you needed that promotion in order to you know, take care of more things in your life or what have you. Whenever things are, are told to us, if they are tied to a very strong emotion, that is the quickest way to implement a belief into our subconscious mind because emotion is the direct, let's just call that the operating code of a computer, right? If you Mm. want something to stick onto that hard drive, if you want to write a new program, you have to write that code so that way it sticks. Emotion is that code that sticks. And so this is really important because... It's also what helps you unstick or rewrite. This is why positive affirmations are so powerful because when you are able to visualize, and I know one of your questions is about visualization, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of touch on that because it ties into what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you're able to visualize your promotion and or visualize whatever it is, let's just say something that a lot of people can relate to, uh, a $10,000 new client, okay, or Mm -hmm. customer or whatnot. And if you are able to sit there and on a daily basis, visualize getting that $10,000, well, how is that going to make you feel? And put yourself in that position and feel that, feel the, just feel it. Because maybe that $10,000 is going to get you completely out of debt. Maybe it's going to do something for you, or maybe it's going to help take you and your family on the trip of a lifetime. So imagine, excuse me. So imagine all of those wonderful, great feelings that you're going to have with that. Well, what happens is, is now you have all of these really powerful, strong, positive emotions that are tied with that moment in the future in that have been now programmed into your subconscious mind. What that does is that reinstills a, or rewrites, I'll just keep with the same verbiage. It rewrites a belief in your subconscious that you are going to get that $10,000. And so it starts to you then start to see opportunities. Now, this is, this is a practice. You have to do this on a daily basis until it just starts coming naturally to you, right? Mm-hmm. So touching back to the position that you were in, 
if at any time, and, 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 and another great example, which a lot of people can relate to is let's say you've, let's say you've just, you know, you've been a guy and you've been dating. You've always been able to get the girl that you want, right? You know, it's, it's easy. But You're the just, one man, time you can't. Exactly. But the one time you absolutely fall for this girl, you are just head over heels in love and you finally confess that to her and she denies you. Well, then you're just absolutely crushed. Guaranteed, guaranteed from that point on, if you don't address it, your confidence in being able to pick up the girls just like you did is going to drastically be diminished because emotion is what ties everything to our beliefs. So if somebody tells you that you can't get that promotion and, and then it's happened more than one time, well, you're going to start believing that mm -hmm. you really can't get that promotion. And you're going to be like, man, you know what? Maybe I should just go get another job or I should give up or whatever because I've tried so many times and I've just hit this wall. And what a lot of people think is that they're just like, man, you know, I keep doing it and I'm failing and I'm failing and whatnot. And, and I just have to keep going to break through this wall. Well, if you notice and you feel yourself this vigor and you're like tired of failing and then giving up, well, it's just that belief system in your subconscious that continues to get reinforced, reinforced with that failure until it becomes a complete belief. So um, I want to touch back a little bit because it's, it's important whenever you know your value or whenever you know what you're worth at or what you can do. But then sometimes, you know, you have all those emotions attached to that status that you're trying to achieve or to the next goal. And are people telling you, you can't, you can, you can, that you, you, your emotions are just, you're just devastated. So yeah. in my case scenario, and I, the reason why I'm bringing this, which is a fresh case scenario for my personal life, but I kind of want to analyze it because you would be a, the perfect person to do so. So I'm sure the audience can, you know, relate to a lot of sections of this. Um, what I did and correct me if I'm mistaken, what I did is that after months of months of suppressing under that pressure and feeling very low in my emotions, one day, um, it clicked and I left and because it wasn't what I actually wanted. It was more the title that was satisfying to me more than what it, that position would do for me. So I quit and I actually followed my passion and here we are. I'm in project management, exactly what I want to do. But that cycle, it's very hard to jump from that stage to moving on. Cause sometimes, and I feel like sometimes society also makes us want things that we don't really want, but it looks good on the paper on the outside. So we put ourselves into this, the situations that just don't help us. Yeah. And, and you touched on a very, very important point there. So there's a couple things whenever we meet with adversity. So let's say it was this promotion or let's say it's this girl that you've been chasing, or let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. If you're continually met with challenges or just downright failures, well, you go, you can go back and reevaluate, right? Well, what does that mean to me? Is it status? Is it to help someone? What is, what are the real reasons behind attaining that? Get to the root of it. 
get to the root of it, right? And so if you want $100,000 so you can go buy a Lamborghini and then, you know, you think that you're going to be able to get all the girls, well, you know, that's not probably the most, you know. You might get some, but not the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but what is that really going to bring you at the end of the day, right? So there is that instance. And then, and then you know, what you did was you took a risk and, uh, and eventually, really, you, you – thought and felt that you were worth it enough and you believed that enough for you to quit that job and take a different route so that way you could attain what it is that you were uh, you were searching and and going after so let's say that someone was in that position and let's say that someone you know didn't really have the options to uh, to go elsewhere let's say they've been in the job for 10 years or or whatnot um, so there's, there's a, a practice or there's something that you can do, and, and it's really it's called manifesting. So let's say you've you tried to get that job, right, or that promotion, uh, you know, and, and, but let's say you've been a little timid about it, and you've been like, hey, you know, uh, boss man, I, that, that, that promotion is coming up, and, you know, I've been here for a while, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm the right person for it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what kind of energy are you putting into that? What we don't understand many times is that when our energy and our physiology is different, we actually literally uh, communicate that to the other person or people in our area. So have you ever been in a room or come across somebody and you're just like, you know what, I don't know why, but I like that guy. Or I mm -hmm. like that girl. And you know what? They're going to go far and they're successful or whatnot. And what happens is, is that they believe that so much, right? And, you know, they could be a narcissist, but let's just say that they're not. They believe that so much. They carry themselves in a way. Guaranteed that person has more opportunities put in front of them. And there's, there's reasons why. So number one, they put themselves in a position to have these opportunities. But number two, when they have this energy that emanates out from them with this confidence, this belief, well, it literally changes the way that you're perceived. And so if the boss man perceives you in a way, you know what, that is a confident man. That's a confident woman. And man, I just like them. And, and I feel I really feel that they could be the right person for that promotion. Well, the chances of you getting that promotion are much higher because if you self doubt yourself, well, what happens and what most people do not realize is that you actually cause other people to self doubt you as well. And so if you're in that position, let's say you are in a position, you are trying to get a, another job and, and you really truly don't have another opportunity, but you want that promotion. Mm -hmm. my, my suggestion is, is that you start to imagine yourself getting that promotion. You start, you write down three or four positive affirmations. And one that I would write down is I possess all of the qualities inside of me to achieve and earn that promotion. And I would say it just like that. And so what I would do, knowing everything that I know now, is I would say that, that affirmation to me 10, 20 times before I go to bed. Right when I wake up, I would say that affirmation again. I would write it on the window. 
I'd put some cue cards. I'd put a little uh, screen on my, on my uh, phone. And I would always have that. I possess all of the qualities that I need or I possess everything that I need to earn and achieve that promotion. And what happens is, is that you start to believe it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you absolutely 100% start that is to believe so it. so true. And then, and then when it comes the day when that promotion does come available, you're standing up there and you're like, hey, boss man, I'm the right one for the job. But what happens is you're saying it with, with so much conviction But what's most important is that your energy field, and some people may believe this and may not, but it's absolutely true. Your energy field puts out this positive feeling that the other person in your vicinity is receiving. And they start to get this positive feeling. And they're like, well, you know what? You know, I never considered you for that before, but I think you're right. And and the chances of you getting that position are much higher. What a lot of people don't understand, and what's really, really valuable, and I'd love this to be a takeaway from this podcast, is, is that we affect the reality that we live in. And the way that we affect the reality that we live in or that we create is through our belief system. Everything that we are today, our surroundings, the amount of money that we make, the job that we have, the boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, partner that we have, our relationship with our family, our friends, our our social circles, everything that we have, the car that we drive, the dog, cat that we have or don't have, is a direct reflection of our beliefs within ourselves, And we can quite literally change our reality by changing our belief system and instilling positive beliefs with everything and anything. Uh, One for me was being a better communicator as a husband. Since I've been doing that for about a year and a half, the relationship with my wife and the communication with my wife has just flourished. And that's a real deep personal experience, but it's one that my wife and I are going to start talking about because it's made such a profound change in our relationship. So in any aspect of your life with your health, your wealth, you know, your spiritualness and everything, once you begin to, to reinforce positive beliefs about yourself internally, you will quite literally begin to change your surroundings and your reality. That is so, so true. And it's so true, though, that like the example that you said, you would say that sentence to yourself like 10 times, 20 times, uh, whatever it was. And it's it's funny that you say that because as we're sitting right now, I actually have a, a whiteboard that I purchased on Amazon and I literally wrote in there morning bab. So every time <laughs> I wake up, I see it and bab, it's just B-A-B, which sends in my mind, I make my own definitions, don't boss as bait. That's what I call myself. It's so silly. Like my nice. friends made fun of me, but I've been seeing, and I haven't done this in forever. Just one day I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I've seen a lot of changes on my attitude throughout the day or just my attitude overall, just by telling yourself what you are and putting yourself to a higher pedestal that you are because you're reprogramming your brain and it's kind of like you're pushing yourself to the next level without realizing it. Yes. And, and I'd love to give a tip to your audience on, on how to kind of fast forward that a little bit um, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So 
there's there's neurolinguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy that can literally, quite literally, change people's belief systems like that very quickly. Um, however, you know, you would really only want to enact that with a, a practitioner, somebody that really knows what they're doing, because you want to make sure that the right things in your brain are being and your subconscious are being changed. But you don't have to know that in order to affect these or to supercharge these affirmations. The reason why, and probably a lot of people that have, are listening here, and maybe you have heard, the reason why you want to say these affirmations to you before you go to bed, like literally quite bef right before you fall asleep and right when you wake up, is because at those points, our conscious mind is drowsy. It's really just kind of not 100% active. Hmm. The re the reason why that's so important is because our conscious mind, if we are saying something to ourselves that we don't believe, well, then our conscious mind, so like for instance, let's say, uh, you know, I, I am worthy of a million dollars. I'm just going to use that one as a quick example. Mm -hmm. or, or I'm going to earn a million dollars this year. Well, if you're in the middle of the day and you're like, I'm going to earn a million dollars this year, I'm going to earn a million dollars this year. Well, what's going to happen? If you don't really believe that, you will immediately have a voice in your head that says, how the hell am I going to earn a million dollars this year? So what, so what happened is, is that your, your subconscious did not receive the message. So it's literally a waste of time. So how do you overcome that without knowing neurolinguistic programming or cognitive behavior therapy? You do it this way. While you're sleeping, when you are falling asleep, your conscious is, is really just kind of subsiding. And when we're sleeping, our conscious literally goes to sleep. It just kind of falls back and our subconscious takes over. And this is the point in our lives whenever we are highly suggestible. And so what I have done for quite some time now, and this is something that I share with a lot of people, is if you want to supercharge these positive affirmations, what you do is you find an app. And for, for Apple uh, users out there, the app is called Audio Loop. And what it does is it allows you to program, you know, record anything into it, right? And then you can loop it and it'll play it back to you as many times as you want. And so what I do is every time I'm working on a new positive affirmation, I write down these positive affirmations. And really quickly, a positive affirmation has to have a few things. Number one, it has to have I am, I can, I will in it, right? Those, okay. are, very, those are very important. And then you state what it is that you want, you know, uh, whatever, right? You can fill in the blanks there and write them down and record them into your app. And then before you go to bed, you put it to record I, or to repeat. I usually put mine for 20 times and you play that. And so you're literally talking to yourself. I am going to make a million dollars this year, or I have everything I possess, I have everything inside of me needed to earn a million dollars this year. And so as you're going to sleep, your voice is still talking to your subconscious. Now this is called um, auto-suggestion. And it's more powerful when we're able to command ourselves than when somebody else is able to command us. So when we're hearing, our subconscious is hearing our own voice telling us these things, then we're literally getting directly to the subconscious mind and do that for 21 days, do that for three weeks consistently. And what I do is whenever I wake up, 
and I'm drowsy, I literally have the app there and I press play. And as I'm walking around and kind of shuffling and brushing my teeth and still drowsy, it's repeating and playing. And so that is one of the, the a great or quickest ways to get to your subconscious mind and really supercharge your affirmations. So this way you don't have the conscious power to say, oh, wait, I don't believe that. So I just wanted to throw that little value piece in there. Thank you. No, thank you for sharing that. I actually wrote it down, audio loop, um, you said, right? Yeah. Yep, Perfect. That's it. I wrote it down. Matt, this has been phenomenal, honestly. Like I'm getting a, I'm getting a lot more new knowledge. And like I said, from the last conversation that we had on the phone and then this conversation today, not only me, it's been helping me just to kind of see things from a different lens, but also my audience, um, I hope is getting a lot. I say learn at least one new thing per episode, but I feel like this is more than one thing per episode, you guys. <laughs> Great. Now, Matt, I know uh, you're very passionate about what you do, as we can all tell. I mean, it's been about an hour, and I'm sure the audience can catch this so far. If they want to grab a one-on-one -on -one with you, virtually or in person, um, please share with us how can my audience get a hold of you and definitely connect with you more and be able to to interact more. Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to get a hold of me is through my uh, personal email, um, and that's just uh, the Matt Aponte at gmail.com. And if you want to learn more about me, or if you feel like reading a little bit about my bio, my website is mattaponte.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram a lot. And my handle there is the Matt Aponte. And um, on YouTube, you can search Matt Aponte. And then my podcast is, uh, I, I believe it's the Matt Aponte podcast as well. So um, any one of those channels, you can, you can reach out to me and, uh, or I, I, I make it a point to put out at least, at least one very valuable piece of information every week um, via my blog post on Medium or uh, uh, YouTube uh, that, that can be consumed. And then I also right now, if you're interested, I'm, I'm doing a whole masterclass on my podcast, uh, which is strictly just talking about goal setting. And I've planned out um, 10 episodes where I go in deep on how to uh, set goals, achieve them. And there's also a lot of things in there about limiting beliefs, how to address them even more than what I talked about here. Also a very uh, methodically put together, but simple to follow uh, process of figuring out what your goals are uh, and, and creating affirmations to go with those goals. And then also how to uh, get accelerated success with those goals. And so that you can find on my podcast as well. Perfect. Thank you so, so much, Matt, for being a part of our RM podcast, FL. And you guys, you should definitely get a hold of Matt. He is awesome. And like you can tell from this episode alone, You've learned so much and you should definitely connect with Matt. Now, Matt. Thank you. Are you, are you ready for the very last question? My favorite question out of all of them. <laughs> okay. What is your personal definition of success? Uh, well, I'm glad to see through personal definition of success um, uh, because I believe success for everybody is different. My, my personal definition of success is uh, um, which which I'm happy to say that I I feel like I'm really there I'm really close. My personal definition of success is having the freedom that is supported by the income, so that way I can make an impact on the world 
with what I have learned throughout my life. And that's my definition of success. If I can change one person, if one person related with me and said, wow, I literally have been there and through my you know, podcasts or videos or what hot or maybe a one-on-one, I'm able to help them overcome and reach their level of success through what I'm able to teach them and help them with, then I have been successful. And to me, that's my definition of success. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so true though, because it's not only gives you self-satisfaction, but you're also thinking about somebody else's um, future success too. So even though as your personal definition, you get satisfaction from helping others. That's what it's all about. At least that's, that's what I believe. So yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for tuning in again to RM Podcast FL. Go ahead and connect with Matt, and I'll attach all his information on the details so you don't have to go crazy and start searching. You can just click on the information. I'll tap it right there. And Matt, thank you for being a part of RM Podcast FL. And to you, my great listeners out there, make sure to tune in every Tuesday for awesome and amazing episodes just like this one. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely.